Bedard up top, Suzelev shoots, Pat save in front by Hauser. Bedard gets it back, right side, a shot, score! It's a hat trick against the Winnipeg Ice. Connor Bedard goes top corner, his 57th goal of the season. Howe holds it in the line, now to Svolzel, right point to Howe. In tight, down low to Svolzel, right side to the net, lose puck, he scores! Dan is the man! Cats would love to extend their winning streak to six straight. Bedard racing over the Rebels line, takes the puck into the corner, centered in front, Svol scores! Alexander Suskalak! In along the boards, feathers it in front, there's Howe on his backhand, back into the slot, Bedard, Svolzel in front, scores! Boria Vallis right on the doorstep. Welcome to Pat's Cast, the unofficial Regina Pat's podcast. This is your host, Chris Clark and Kevin Shaw. Episode 133, March 5th, 2023. Coming off a 3-3 three and three weekend. Uh, it's tough to see that last game kind of end this good stretch of games. But looking back at it, uh, a weekend as a whole, pretty solid weekend, wasn't it, Kevin? Yeah, uh, I don't really know what to say about this weekend other than Pats beat the ice, the Rebels, and I guess they kind of ran out of steam on Sunday, but they beat the ice, something they haven't done in forever. So Never. Well, the Winnipeg ice, never. The Winnipeg version of the ice. <laughs> yeah, what was it, 21 games straight? 21 games. Yeah. I think it was 20, 20 in Winnipeg plus one with Cranbrook, I think, I th- or in Cranbrook, but still. Okay. Over 20 games, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the monkey off the back there, that maybe, you know, propelled them into that Ranger game. But, I mean, it was a decent start to the game. There was good chances both ways. Sim made some really good stops in the first period. And then you you, you get into the second period, and it's like, uh-oh. You know, three goals pretty quick into the second period. Six minutes in, you're down three nothing, and you're like thinking, "Bam, bam, bam!" I'm like, "Oh, not again!" Yeah, and you're thinking, "No, that's it, right?" Like we've seen this song and dance. The Pats have not been able to come back. Yes, they've had leads on Winnipeg before, never been able to finish, let alone come back from a deficit against Winnipeg. Yeah, and. With the the Bedard reply to get the Pats back into it, just like not even a minute later, I think they kind of stemmed the tide, and and, and it, it seemed to, to to flip a switch for the Pats, and the ice just I don't know they their their game changed. It felt like it changed. They weren't coming at the Pats as as prolific as they normally do. Yes, I noticed that as well. Like it, it didn't have that transition game per se, like that really stuff where they took over. Like last game here, it took them two periods to get that game going. And then the, the third period was just an onslaught from Winnipeg. Here, the Pats were able to just stem that tide the whole game, it seemed. It seemed like Winnipeg was off. And you mentioned that, right? At the game, it didn't seem like Winnipeg was was quite up to snuff. But I mean, they were playing, I think, the ninth, tenth game ninth, of a road ninth, trip. Yeah, ninth or tenth game of, of a road trip. That's that's uh, That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's a pretty tough run for a team even that good, right? They Obviously, they lost in Medicine Hat on Wednesday night. And I said to you, I'm like, oh, that's not the greatest outcome. First of all, Medicine Hat winning picks up two points on the Pats. And then, you know, Winnipeg might be out for blood on Friday because, you know, yeah, they lost a game. Well, they, they scored the first three goals. I'm like, oh, oh no. And, 
and they also had a lead in that Medicine Hat game. They were up two nothing, and yeah. they gave away that lead. So it was like, oh, they're they're really out for it here on Friday night, and uh, and it was like, oh, this might be rough. But I mean, yeah, Bedard gets that first goal, and it was a great work by Howe and Stringer on the forecheck. And Bedard was just a recipient of a great pass, a great effort by those guys, and he just put it in the back of the net. And then he scores the second one, and then Howe gets another one. So it's three three, right? It's you're you're even going to the third period, and that's kind of the thought we had last game. It's like, oh, they have a chance, right? And then yeah, and the last time it didn't didn't work out <laughs> exactly, right? It just <laughs> went the wheels just blew off. But Bedard scores early in that third period, and you're like, okay, okay, and then. I don't, I don't want to say they hung on for that period. Like it wasn't an onslaught by Winnipeg in that third period. It wasn't like they were hanging on. It was pretty kind of even. I mean, the shots were. Yeah, it was a pretty even third period. Yeah. The shots were ten nine Regina. That's not kind of. That's not what you expect when the Pats are up a goal against Winnipeg. Or, you you think it would be a twenty to a twenty to five kind of Winnipeg favored shot total like we've seen some pretty bad periods recently like that brandon game right yeah their, their period seems to be a, a, a sore spot for the pats like shot wise so like, i don't know yeah. if they slack off or whatever and the other team usually dominates on the shot clock but they've held on to leads in the third period so it's it's been turning out but like, yeah like you said there's been some lopsided play in the third period but yeah and then yeah empty netter how huge block like he just laid on the ice because he was going the other way, right? He's just, I'm laying here because that probably hurt. And and Bateman with a huge, some blocks. And yeah. So, I mean. The, the team basically sold out for that game. And it was it was awesome. It was awesome to see. Awesome to see, see the crowd reaction. It was, and then their reaction when, when Bedard scored the empty net goal. It was, yeah. it was pretty awesome. Yeah, you watch the replay and you just see everybody jumping up in the yeah. camera view. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that was great. I mean, a great start to the weekend. Like, we, we kind of, I don't know if we undersold them a bit, but we're like two, three points this weekend. And then, boom, two right off the bat, right? So. To me, to me, these were the, the bonus points almost. Yeah, yeah, right. I um, honestly didn't see them beating Winnipeg. No, and I mean, you know, you look at history, it's been a tough go with them. and yeah. But it, it, would, it was bound to happen. And yeah, it was going to happen. And it was a perfect time. Their, their ninth straight road game. The Pats were on a roll, or are, were on a roll at that point in time, and just per, just perfect. I just yeah, yeah the perfect. the perfect you know, storm, right? Just yeah. it, it just worked out, right? So I mean, yeah, finally, finally gets it done. Um, Svozil, man, that guy's hot, right? Like that guy's making plays, making passes, um, scoring goals. You know, in a, a nice one on Saturday night against Red Deer, but. Yeah, like he's 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 on another level almost again, right? He's just he, he he makes passes that most players wouldn't even think of doing. Yeah, like most, especially defensemen. Like he's an offensive defenseman, but even offensive defensemen don't make those backdoor passes through three pairs of legs and to to Suze Delev or whomever. It's it's unbelievable. Like I don't know what to say about him. He's probably the best import defenseman the Pats have had. Yeah. No doubt. So. Like I think it was in the Winnipeg game where he made he went around the net and he made that pass through the slot to Bedard, but it went off 
a stick or a skate? Was that the Winnipeg game? Or was that the Red Deer game? I I, I can't remember. But uh, Yeah, I can't remember. It, yeah, he, had a, he had quite a few points this weekend. So. Yeah, right? It, <laughs> it was I, one I can't, of the goals. I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, it went... It, it was off just a touch of a skate or a stick and then Bedard took it off his skate and scored, right? Like it was just like, man, that he threaded that needle so nicely. Like, yeah, it was, I don't know, maybe his parents being here just gave him that extra boost or something, but, uh, whatever it was, it, it's, it's working for him. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. It was, it was it's nice. It's nice to have a, uh, an offensive defenseman like that. It's yeah. unfortunate that this is his last year, <laughs> Yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than, he had us. He's he's seems like he's really good, but he's getting better. Still, so what do you? He, he's continually getting better. Every game, he's getting better. The defensive side, maybe not, because he's an offensive guy. Yeah, he's, but, he's not meant to be a defensive guy. But he's turning into an all around, an all around good defenseman. Yeah, but we've seen his defensive play improve since last season, right? It was pretty. Yeah. it was pretty rough at the start of last season. Like he, you see different, different leagues. Yeah, exactly. And you've seen he had that offensive mindset, but he was taking way too many chances and not now, now he knows what to do, when to take a chance or, and he can circle back. Like he's, he's smart enough now to make the smart decisions. Right. And he's averaging like 1.55 points per game this year. Yeah. Which is, which is phenomenal. <laughs> so, yeah. No complaints for me with his play. No, not at all. And we, like I said, you've seen that last year. You've seen that he's got it, and it's it's coming to fruition. Um, yeah. You got anything else on on Winnipeg Friday night? No, other than the fact that I was happy they won. Yeah, it was it was nice to see them get the win. It was it was nice to see how happy they were, and how loud the crowd was when they they got the the empty net goal. It was it was pretty nice. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll hear from. The coaches and players now. We've been playing good for a while, so you know we continue playing good. We probably, you know, in leading up to the game, probably talked a little bit more about certain things, to play against them. And when you have the best 17-year-old player in the world, if you do enough things right, you can beat teams. We didn't get. You're right. We didn't give them a lot of space. I felt really all game. Uh, you know the. The goals, you know, it was a bad read in the corner. We tried to make a body check and they scored in front in the second period and a couple guys went to guys. So, um, but overall, I thought we did a good job in the neutral zone, which is really important against them and a uh, good job in our own end defending. So, and then, you know, our offensive skill took over instead of theirs. It's usually it's theirs. You know, they're a pretty deep and good team. Well, I think it's, you know, a lot of the players weren't here, you know, uh, in 2019. So I don't think that means anything to them. But I think um, beating them this year, uh, where they are in the, in the country, and we're, we're just, you know, our game is getting a little bit better. So I think it's important to the players. And we were tied first game in there this year. We were tied 4-4 after two. And then we just sort of found ways to give it away, like literally give it away. And I think we were up 3-2 here. I don't know if they made it 3-3 before the end of the second period there, a week or two ago, or where they scored early in the third, and they just blew us away. So it's a it's a big win for our team. How about your goalie coming up big there? Yeah, he was outstanding. Like, uh, you know, they cut about four or five, five or six guys with 60-plus points, and 
Yeah, no, he made lots of big saves. John, you've seen a lot of big games by Connor. Where does this one stand, though, against this team, the situation you would in, and how he just kind of, and we talked about this, how he's able to just pull guys in with him. He started to get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's probably right up there, like, um, you know, it's probably right, it's definitely right up there. I think, I think we, I don't think we take him for granted, but we've seen a lot of things in, in the big games, like bigger, big performances, and so it's definitely right up there. I think when he was when he was younger, even like last year when he came back from the World Junior when it was canceled or cut down it. Him and his dad drove right back. We played Moostra. He had four goals in that game, the winner in overtime. And it's still like, you know, he's 16, it's still a little bit of a wow factor. And so this should this is a, is a wow factor, but it's not the first time this year, you know. We go into Victoria and him and Howell get five and six or whatever points each and we beat what is it medicine hat, six whatever and he gets a goal and five assists and but, you know, the stage was big against Winnipeg and against some, some of his contemporaries and uh, national TV, pretty big.
All right, so into Red Deer. Uh, Pine gets to start. I mean, that's not too surprising. You knew he was going to probably play at least, well, one this weekend, and they kind of allude to it after the game that uh, Sim was going to play Sunday. So Pine gets Red Deer again. And, I mean, went to overtime in Red Deer. You know, could have won that one, but didn't. Um, so, I mean, I thought he played all right. I mean, he had, there's a couple goals that maybe he wanted back. He kind of got spun around, but... He, I got, mean, he was he was scrambly. Scrambly, right? It almost looked like uh, what what game was it? He he struggled in the first period there uh, last the week. Brand- Brandon, Brandon, yeah, the Brandon game, right? He he was he was a little he was battling the puck, but you know he he had a decently solid game tonight. I mean, forty shots. You know, you know, again, like we mentioned, getting outshot heavily, forty to twenty in this game. Dominated was, in the faceoff circle, thirty-four to eighteen. Like the Pats and still and still pick up a win as, and still get the win. And yeah, you'll hear after John's comments on this, and he he was like, yeah, we kind of got away with one tonight. Um, so yeah, I don't know if, if you know coming off that Winnipeg high, the winning streak, and not that they were coasting or anything. It was just Red Deer's a good team, right? They're, they still play that physical game. They're offensive as well. But going from a, a smaller-ish like Winnipeg team, they're not super big. Yeah. That are super fast. Going against a Red Deer team that is heavy, fairly big. Their defense is monsters, <laughs> especially Fabrizi. That guy's massive, and they've they've got some solid goaltending. Like, but the Pats just found found a way. Yeah, it's, it seems it seems the Pats can put up some goals on this Red Deer team. Like you, you scored what was it five or six last time in Red Deer in that overtime game, and then, you know, they had twenty shots on net and they scored six goals. It was, you had mentioned it. Hey, look at they've scored like a a goal every three shots, and then all of a sudden three shots later they scored, and then it was three shots again and they scored. Yep. It was like, <laughs> what, what is going on here? Like it, it was, it was kind of weird. But and the overtime goal was almost three shots after that. So yeah, so. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, just battle back, right? Like, it was just, just it was a back and find, forth game. Finding ways to win. Yeah, that's what teams need to do. Like, you can be the most offensively talented team, the best defensive team, but if you find ways to win, you find ways to win, and that's a, what the Pats are doing. A win's a win. Two points are two points, right? Like, especially over a top team like this. Especially after coming off a game against the top team in the conference. Yeah. The night before, you can always have so, that letdown, right? Yeah, and they 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 managed to to grind it out, right? You know, maybe maybe it was Vallis getting thrown on back onto the top line. Maybe that sparked something with him scoring two goals within what was it here, like minute and a half, minute and a half, right? Yeah. So, and the Pats were down, to, yeah, uh, three one at one point in time. So they 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 battle back. They find ways to to battle back. Earlier in the season, last year. They get a two, three goals down. They'd be they'd out, pretty much down be folding up the tents and going home right. kind of thing. But and then, and then even to give up the the tying goal with a minute to go, you know, an empty net. Um, you know, with Red Deer having the empty net and scoring, and then you 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 lose that, not momentum, but you just lose that. You're like, oh, we were that close, right? And then to come out and 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 win it in overtime is is nice, right? But even even taking it to overtime, that was that's three points. That's five hundred on the weekend. Yeah, I would I would have been happy with that. But then the overtime, okay, yeah. it was it was good. I'm yeah, happy like, with this one too. 
obviously Bedard doing his thing. I mean, drawing three guys to him. Like, yeah. And then having the wherewithal to find Suzlev wide open. And I think the goalie, I, I, you know what he's doing. He's trying to stop that pass, and but he yeah. should have just stayed in his net and dealt with Suzlev one-on-one, whereas yeah, Suzlev had an open... was thinking. Yeah, he had an op- open net, right? Easy easy for him to score that it's goal. Like he, he tried to poke check and make a big save at the same time. Yeah, but, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. You see the Pats doing that. You know, they get puck-focused, and the one guy, you even watch the replay, the one guy... He even turned and looked, and I don't know if he didn't see Suze to love there, but come on. There's one guy in the corner, and all three guys are looking at him. There's two guys wide open somewhere, right? And Or they, they didn't think he'd get the pass through. Or maybe, yeah, that, right. Him, so two guys right beside him. They figured maybe he would have been stick-checked or whatever. But yeah. Bedard, being Bedard, got the pass over to Suzdalev, and Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, right? So, yeah, like you said, one point there would have been good. Two points is even better. Four points two on the points weekend. Was- Great. Yeah, four points on the weekend, so right away, there, boom. That's that's a successful weekend, right? That's better than better than we were expecting. Yeah, better. I think maybe even better than they were expecting. Yeah. So, so talking to John after the game, he was not too thrilled with the with the play of the game, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, it's a they're young, they're still they're still up and down, and uh, two points is two points, right? So. Uh, you got anything else from that game? No, not really. Other than uh, congratulations to Connor Bedard for getting his 250th point, right? Fourth fastest in Pat's history. So, congratulations to Connor. Congratulations to Suzdalev for getting his 35th of the season. Valis for his 20th. Disposal his 10th. Yeah. Back to the Winnipeg game. I think didn't Howe get his 30th that game? Uh, I believe it was that game, but congratulations to all the players. Yeah, Howe 30 in Winnipeg. Yeah. Huge milestones. Congrats to all of them. Well, I know. Like, Sposal, like, he had three points, or what was it, three? Four? Three against Winnipeg, and then another... Four against Red Deer, and he had two more again against Saskatoon. So that's nine points in three games this weekend. Like... (laughs) Jeez. Sposal and Bedard both had nine points this weekend. Whew. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> and Bedard, didn't, Bedard score. didn't get on the scoreboard on Sunday. Sunday. So, All right. Yeah, before we get to numbers. Sunday, yeah, that's awesome. It's uh, so, impressive numbers against two of the top teams. Well, three yeah. of the top teams in the conference. The, the three top teams in the conference. The so. three top. Yep. So, all right. We'll hear from coaching players uh, following the radio game now.
All right, yeah, so into Saskatoon, the old 3-3. Three and three. Saskatoon is also playing 3-3. Three and three. They had two at home and then just a quick trip down here for Sunday, so not a ton of travel for them. None for the Pats, so you know it's going to be a pretty even game. Uh, and yeah, that, I mean, I, I didn't make it to this game, so I kind of had it on home. I, you know, I didn't watch it too closely, but it, the Pats didn't have a very good start at all. I don't how did they get a shot in the first 10 minutes of the, the period? Uh, I'm not sure. They had not many, no, I think they had like one or two early and that was, yeah, they didn't have a really good shift in the Saskatoon zone until like the 10 minute mark. It seems so they're around there, yeah. Yeah, they had, there was one good shift. the The second line had a good shift there. I remember, but yeah, it was just it was just not a great, a great game. And you 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 said it didn't seem like either team was really had anything tonight, right? It almost felt like it was teams playing up the stretch of the season. It didn't feel like a playoff game at all. Like there was hardly any, like in the first period, I think there was like thirteen faceoffs. It was fast. It was only twenty nine minutes, like from the start to the end of the period. And it just seemed like neither team really wanted to win. It just, they were playing hockey, getting rid of the puck. There was nothing fancy about anything. There was hardly any hits. But it, it just wasn't, it wasn't a, I don't know. It wasn't a great game from either team, in my opinion. But Saskatoon found the way to score the goals and they got the win. Yeah, I mean, you get you get the first goal late in the first period. I mean, that kind of masks uh, an ugly kind of first period, I thought. Um, Svozel again, great move at the blue line. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just shaking your head. Like, I, I, I don't know what to say. That was that was one of the best. I don't know. Yeah. He, every time he seems to to do something great, he oh, it seems like he one ups himself the next game or a couple of games later. It's yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. If you if you, you want to see the highlight, find it on the Pat's Twitter. It was it was a it was a beauty play. It was yeah. I had Matt, the old the old co-host, text me. He was at the game. He hasn't made too many games, but he said, like, he's like, wow, that move by Svozel in the blue line to set up that goal was outstanding. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, he's gotten a lot better over this season. Like and the, the the vision he's got, like he yeah. he'll, and like I said, he he takes passes that, or he he makes passes that no one else will even probably think of. There's probably like a handful of players that would even try a pass like that that would make it. Exactly. A lot of players would try it and they they, they wouldn't Fail. make it. Yeah. But he he makes he finds people that are open that shouldn't be open, and gets scoring opportunities to those players. It's unbelievable. Well, he yeah, needs to shoot more too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. He's making these great passes and guys are scoring off it because yeah, it's a great pass. They're wide open or it's a, a like a cross crease or back door or whatever. So the guy's got wide open nets and Bedard and Suzlev are finishing this stuff like and easily. And those yeah, yeah right. Like it's just like yeah, they're they're tap-ins and stuff and then like even the goal i forgot to mention the goal in red deer like he cuts across the crease and goes you know around the goalie like that was a great goal and a great play by stringer, stringer. To, to make sure the defenseman and the goalie couldn't get over yeah it was a little <laughs> not interference but he just stood his ground really? he was screening the goalie he wasn't really interfering or anything he just yeah. kind of stood there and <laughs> yeah so but back to the Saskatoon game there was some pretty weak defensive play leading to a couple of those goals and it was, it was like, I guess we were talking before I said, it was just, a, it was a bad, I, I think it was a bad game all around. Saskatoon was the better of the bad. Yeah. Cause they, they weren't even, they weren't even that strong. Like it was like, normally like, uh, I compare them kind of like to, to, to the ice, how they, they have, 
three lines that can score. Like, or, yeah. like they don't they're score pretty, a ton, but they they can they come at you. They they're come at even. You. They yeah. come at you. And today it just seemed like they took advantage of opportunities. They made the best of the opportunities, and they got the win. Yeah, it's well not deserved. Like, like they they played well enough to win. It's not like they dominated the game. Like that that one game here where I think that was while both Bedard and Sfolzel were gone, that it was just like they were on another level compared to the yeah. Pats. Like that was like, yeah, the Pats had no chance in that game. Um, it seemed like, yeah, like you said, it was a little more even game. They were just the better of the the worst teams, right? Yeah, um, I can't really say they were the worst. It, 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 like I said, it was it was yeah, almost like the, they were just playing the game to get the weekend over with. Yeah, Sask yeah, right. wanted to go home. The Pats wanted to go eat or go home and go to bed or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> but it, that's what it felt like. They just wanted to get it over with. There was hardly there was no penalties until like there was a the, the scrap. Other than the scrap, yeah, there was, there was uh, a fight. Yeah, right. Like, other than then it was a, a delay of game, and then there was there was hardly any physical play between the two teams. There was a couple bumps. There was no, there was no physical stuff until the second period, third period, and then it slowed down. But yeah, whatever, it was it was a, yeah. it was a game. <laughs> yeah, some of those calls were pretty rough. Like yeah, like you said, there wasn't many penalties, but some of them were pretty, yeah, ticky tacky and not not great calls but it is what it is no nobody scored on the power play so it is what it is yeah like shots 37 24 yeah not not great for the pass but not terrible face-offs are pretty even so oh, like, the, the, the third period the, the pats had three shots with about 18 minutes left they pulled sim and they got three shot like two or three shots within okay. a matter of like 10 seconds when they were crashing the net right yeah yeah and yeah. Then, then they scored the empty netter and that was yeah. that was it <laughs> So, but yeah, like I said, just two teams just trying to get through this three and three weekend and, and get home. But, but yeah, like I said, overall, a good weekend, four points off three top teams in the conference. You, you I think can't... it's a little bit better than a good weekend. I okay. think it was a great weekend. Great weekend. Okay. Let's go with that. Right. Four points, four to six points against the top three teams, which a lot of people were basically writing the pats off for this weekend. I was... Not writing them off, but I, I was I was hoping for two, potentially three and yeah. four, exceeded my expectations. Yeah, exactly. By right. miles, they they, got, they may not have been the prettiest, but they beat the ice for the first time since they moved to Winnipeg. They beat the Rebels, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. So you know, you're looking at the standings now. Pats are are in sixth place. You know, they're five behind Lethbridge, four up on Medicine Hat who they play next weekend both so those are another huge two games um and then yeah so they've used up one game in hand from lethbridge um so that's you know they're close but you know fight fifth might be not out of the picture but it's it's getting tight to get there but it's, it's only five points it's not that no it's not that far Fourth is probably off the table. Yeah, I think for 10 points behind Moostra with nine games, Moostra has seven games to go. But, I mean, you know, Moostra... I, I won't count them out. No, Moostra's four, four and six in their last 10. You know, obviously they've been struggling since they've lost those guys, but they're not tanking like a, a Calgary has or anything, right? So... Um, yeah, Cal- Calgary's kind of... Yeah, they're out of the playoffs really, now. Really gone, yeah. Yeah, 2-7-0-1. Oh, um, they're in ninth now, one point behind Swift Current, but uh, who won that game tonight? Oh, Calgary did beat Swift Current. 
Yeah, they, they came Sunday. back. So, they scored like three third period goals or something. Okay, so that's a huge win for them because if they would have lost that, that oof, that's real, real tough. Um, but yeah, it's it's between between six and eleventh. It's now it's now twelve points. So the Pats have gained some ground. That six game winning streak streak really helped. helped. Yeah. So as long as they continue to win, get a few more wins, I don't think make the playoffs and then worry about the seeding, but just get the yeah. playoff position. Just get in, right? And then if you have to play Winnipeg, well. Whoever plays Winnipeg, good luck in the first round. Yeah, but I mean, Pats or whomever. You know, yeah, I mean, they'd have to go on a six-game losing streak here to, you know, drop down to eight, nine, right? They, they, yeah. As long as you keep collecting points here and there, obviously they're not going to win every game, and they shouldn't lose every game, right? So yeah, for sure. Um, I think sixth, seventh is looking pretty, pretty reasonable, right? Just yeah, just try to stay out of that hole, right? Yeah, so. just just get, but get in the playoffs first. Yeah, that's, that's all that matters. matters. Right, because you never know anything can happen. Right, so yeah, like look at last year with uh, one and eight in the, the West. West Conference last yep. year. So definitely, it's, um, it's kind of it's kind of funny that Vancouver is fifty five points in the West and they've clinched a playoff spot. Yeah, Pats have ten more points and they're not even <laughs> guaranteed a spot yet. So oh, Musha's not even locked in at seventy five points. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's crazy. Oh, they should be locked in pretty quick. Though. Yeah, I think it's. I think maybe if Calgary would have lost today, I think they were on the cusp today. So yeah, it's, it's close. Pretty still, close. Still clinch right away. Yeah. So I guess looking over at the stats, obviously Bedard way ahead, one twenty three. Benson ninety seven. So that's twenty six point gap now. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that is that is huge, right? Um, talked about the, Sus- fact, the fact that Bedard's played ten less games too than Benson. So. Yeah, that's even more unbelievable. Exactly. Uh, Suzlev's dropped off a bit, uh, seventy-seven points down in tenth now. But uh, you know, talking talking about him, he's I think he's a pretty heavy rookie of the year candidate. Like he'd probably be leading, I think, the whole league in in chance of winning the, the rookie of the year. Yeah, it all depends. He's he's because he's eighteen. Yeah, he's a, he's an 04, so I don't know what the, their their ratings or whatever their valuations will be, but he should he's what, almost 20 points up on the next highest scoring rookie. Yeah, so yeah, he's uh, 19 up on Grayson Sawichin from Seattle. Yeah, so and then I mean he's 16, uh, he's 17, I believe. So it's not like he's a 16 year old or anything. An 05. Yeah, five. So. Yeah. It all it all depends on what they what they decide to do yeah. with the the rookie of the year. So, um, I can't remember what year was it. Uh, Nineteen twenty. Let's go rookies. Yeah, I don't know who won it in nineteen twenty, but Michael Tepley was the leading point getter for Winnipeg. Uh, he was an eighteen year old rookie as well. Gunther was a seventeen year old, and he was second. I don't know who won rookie of the year that year, but. I remember it came up in my Facebook memories that we discussed it. An 18-year-old, you know, is he, is he, should we, he, he be eligible? But I guess now it's come full circle. The Pats have that that situation. And, I mean. Well, he, he was named Rookie of the Month. Twice. So he is a rookie. So mm-hmm. Right. Te- technically. I know. I've I seen a good suggestion online. Sh- they should have, like, a best 16-year-old award, too, or something like that. 
or have best first year player. There you go. Like a first for a first year import or whatever, or a 16, 17 year old rookie. Yeah. Because a lot of teams, 16 year old rookies don't play a bunch. They, they no. sit on the bench right. and they, they play four or five minutes or whatever. There's, there's not many guys that are 16 that are putting up top, top end guys. Yeah. So, right. And then you like, the imports are usually 18, 19, 17, 18, yeah. 19, right? They're usually older because they don't yeah, come over here guys. at 16, right? Yeah. Right? Swozel came at 18. Suzlov's come at 18, right? Yeah. So they, they so. could they could make a, a raw rookie or like a 16, 17 or do that and have a like a for best first year non or 18 and up or whatever. I don't know what yeah. they could do. Right? Yeah, for sure. Because they they could have guys that are playing college or whatever and decide to come back here. Yeah, well, some 18, of these nineteen twenty, and like light the league up. Yeah, well, some of are these they, are they imports have played pro over there, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting discussion. Something they probably could have or should have fixed a few years ago. Yeah, like have a have a legit raw rookie versus an import rookie or whatever. An older like have, rookie per se, or yeah. have the best import. Yeah, that do have a know. best import award. Nothing wrong yeah, with that. Something, yeah. Then he does he win both best import and rookie of the year, <laughs> right? Well, um, Hanzek from Vancouver, he was he was having a pretty good year until he got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they could be in the conversation with each other if he would have been healthy. Like I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's it'll be interesting what they do because he has been named rookie of the week or rookie of the month a couple times. So yeah, he I is mean, a rookie according to the league. So yeah. Um, Wow, with that many that many goals, I mean it's it's he's putting up some outstanding numbers, obviously. Yeah. All right, yeah. So I guess look ahead to next week. You got uh, Edmonton in. So um, Ken Schneider mentioned it on the post game on the radio show. You know, can't it could be a, a trap game, right? You can't you can't let off. Yes, it's Edmonton. But I don't think it'll be a trap game. I think they they should be dialed in, right? Like. You know, and Edmonton's down a few players. They lost a few guys for the rest of the year, like some yeah. of their main guys. So they're they're struggling, struggling. So yeah, but I mean, Ken's not going to say that, right? He's of, of course not. Yeah, he's going to say, "Hey, we got to be focused. We can't, you know, get it. He said can't get into bad habits, stuff like that." You know, we talked about the Red Deer game maybe not being the greatest, and and same with this Sastoon game. So they got to get back on it, right? They got to get back to their game, and then because that's. I don't want to call it a tune-up, but two huge games on the weekend at Lethbridge, at Madison Hat. Like, those are two massive games for the standings. Edmonton's lost their 11th, 11th straight. Okay. So, but, I, I don't I don't give them too, many, too much of a hope. Too much, but you don't want to give them any hope. With, and with the, Sunday, with the Sunday game, with a lot of the guys not definitely not playing up to what they can play, I kind of almost feel sorry for Edmonton. I hope I'm not jinxing anything, but yeah. I, I, I think a certain number 98 will be dialed in, and he'll get his 60th of the season, and then, and then some. So. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and what did so you were on the first intermission show on hey, Saturday night? I made night. my debut on CKRM. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um. And Dante threw it to you. He said, well, what do you think? What's what's your prediction? And I can't remember. What did you say? Like you, He you said, blindsided me. I'm like, I, I think know. he could get 70. I don't know. Like, I'm not a predictor. Yeah, I know, right? 
Three years. So I, I, I said 70, and he's like, Holy Prospects has him at, like he said, 72 or something in 144 yeah, projection. points. Or yeah. Elite Prospects or whatever. I'm like, uh, I, I, th- I, say, I think he can hit 70. He's at yeah. 59. They got nine games left. I can I see him hitting 70. He was scoring at a goal a game, a goal and a half a game pace, right? So Yeah. So obviously, so he took it not a night off, but he he took a zero here on Sunday, and maybe he makes up for it on Wednesday against Edmonton. I I think he will because he he'll he'll have something he'll have a point to prove. Yeah, get, I mean, get back going. Lethbridge is going to be tough, right? They shut him down last time in Lethbridge, so that might be a tough game for him. And in Medicine Hat, he should he should be able to. to but but having having a couple of days off to just relax, well, he probably doesn't relax ever. But <laughs> no, I don't think so. To, to get away from the to get away from an actual game for a day and then probably get back to practice on Tuesday, I, I bet he's 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 gonna go off. I I have a feeling I have a feeling a few players are gonna go off a little bit on Wednesday. All right, cool. I I, I, I like I that. Hope I'm not hope I'm not jinxing everything yeah, yeah. or anything, but oh. I I feel kind of sorry for Edmonton. <laughs> All right. I didn't jinx you guys. You no. guys better better score some goals for me. Yeah. So I I want a whole bunch of goals in the recap. <laughs> yeah, stuff to stuff to write about and and keep Kevin busy on on and, Wednesday and night. Don't and don't be too fancy. If you guys are listening to this, don't be too fancy. Yeah. Just score some goals. Just score, man. <laughs> Play your game and score some goals. There you go. That's a great. That's a great uh, point. All right. Uh, anything else you got for that? That that was a pretty. You know, like I said, a pretty good weekend. Great weekend. It was, so it was an unbelievable weekend. Yeah. Because it. When they when they did the schedule in in June or whatever they did the schedule, I don't think anybody predicted those three teams to be one, two, three. You knew they'd be solid. Winnipeg was going to be good. Red Deer and Saskatoon solid. But nobody expected it to be like one, two, three, like this probably. Like in June compared to now, no one knows anything. No. But and and like John said last week. You know, you know, it's not it's not the greatest schedule three three and three, but at least three and three at home is better than three and three on the road or with some travel. Yeah, I mean, it's not great for the attendance. He said maybe or marketing, but um, it the is what it is. Got better with the weekend. The yeah, it's got better. It was forty nine forty nine, then fifty four hundred, yeah. and then just over six thousand. So okay, there you go. So, but uh, I mean, this schedule is so hard to make. Like you. There's well, I guess twelve teams you really gotta deal with on on a not a daily basis, but you know to hammer out the, your conference schedule, right? Because it's pretty yeah. easy, not easy, but to get the the out of conference stuff handled, it's not too bad. But to get all these games, you know, in and out, like teams want these dates, other teams want these dates. It's it's such a give and take. So this and stuff happens, especially teams like Winnipeg, where they're kind of stuck with what kind of uh, situation for their their arena and stuff right now yeah. so right well nine ten games on the road in a row like that's crazy yeah so and they they, they started the season with a whole bunch of games on the road that's too, right so. yeah because mm-hmm. they were getting rentals done so they're, i don't know what for, for being such a strong team their their schedule has been real a real uh yeah gong show for them so yeah to battle through that schedule and have this type of record but obviously they, they've got that strong team i don't know what the reason yeah. was they're on the road for this for this length of time, maybe like you said, we were discussing it at the game. Maybe it was uh, the playoffs, like the Bison's men and women have playoffs potentially, so that they've got it booked, and then the yeah, team they makes the arena just to have it. Yeah, because they can't 
not have it available because they are the primary tenants where the ice yeah. are secondary. And uh, so the ice, well, they got to make their schedule and they got to be on the road, you know? Yeah. Even though the, I don't think the Bison's men made the playoffs or whatever it was, but but they, they get first crack and that's what happens when you're kind of stuck at somebody else's arena, so. Oh, yeah. But yeah, about the only other thing I had, uh, the, we didn't know what was going to happen with uh, Rob Vanstone leaving. What kind of media coverage? I mean, looks like the leader post have picked up a guy. He's not too sure of his situation yet. He said he's maybe just getting trialed here. And Brad Brown, he's he's done some good work. He seems yeah. like a nice guy. Props to him. Uh, he was. He, I heard him talking to uh, talking to I think Britain. Britain Gray today, and he was like, "I'm not sure what's happening after this weekend, so we may we may see him Wednesday. We may not. We don't know." But yeah, his his the first two I haven't I haven't seen the, the Sunday one yet, but his first two his two first two stories for the Pats games, top notch. Yeah, yeah, he said he's covered the Riders. He covered the Riders a while back for a, a while, so I don't know what outlet he was um, covering them for, but yeah. And he was he was at the Star Phoenix for a little while, I think he said. So. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I really liked his, his Friday night one. I don't know if I've read his Saturday night yet, but it was good. Yeah. It was it was really good. So Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. No yeah. complaints here from not having any coverage until this weekend. Right. Yeah. Good on good on him to good on him for getting the good the good stories out. Yeah, and good jumping into something that maybe he doesn't uh know that well. Obviously, you know, he doesn't know the ins and outs of the team lately per se, right? So yeah. And then yeah, I don't know, like you said Britton Gray was there tonight. You know, he's he's there semi-regularly, but, you know, for being what the Pats are, who they've got, you know, stretch drive, looking to make these playoffs, there isn't a ton of, you know, nightly game coverage. It's kind of a little sad, isn't it? It's very sad. Like, it was, what, eight minutes before the, before the game was to start. There was nobody sitting beside me then. And Brad showed up, and then a few minutes later, Britain showed up just before the the, the anthem. So I was like, "Hey, at least there's some coverage tonight." Yeah, well, I do. I was happy for that. Brad did mention he was going to be game time. He yeah. wasn't going to be there early, so yeah, he, he knew showed he up was going to be there. The anthem, so. Yeah, but yeah, I know it is kind of sad, right? Like, it's you know, a few nights it was just me and me and Nathan doing questions. So, but I guess it is what it is. I mean, it is the, the media landscape is changing, right? So. Oh yeah. But it's go. It's kind of going the way of the, the the dinosaur kind of thing with the especially with the print media. Yeah. But hey. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't watch local TV that much, but I think they do more of their work just during practice and just do kind of the the story type stuff. And if they do show highlights, they'll just get them from the WHL. Yeah. The WHL live feed or CHL live feed or whatever, and that's all they show. Yeah. Like a minute, minute and a half. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll see Dante on like the morning sh- one of the morning shows. Yeah, or he'll do that stuff every once in yeah. a while. But they don't cover. They don't have. I don't know if they don't have time or they just don't want to. But I don't know if it just doesn't drive enough viewers or views or whatever. Well, yeah, I don't know. Every, but every, everything seems to be about clicks. So I know, and it, there's like, not enough clicks. And I know even Murray when he was here for a couple games for the Leader Post, and like you know, Bedard drives clicks. So you know, you know. He, he they want to interview him obviously on on a, as much as they can and but he he said there is a difference between you know obviously not that Bedard isn't in the story most nights he kind of is obviously with his play 
but he's like, it, it definitely, there's a difference between, you know, a Bedard kind of story and a non Bedard story. So, so that's kind of the thing, you know, without him, whatever, it doesn't seem like that the Pats as a team are driving enough, maybe interest. So, which is, you know, it's kind of sad, but yeah, it's, it just seems to be the way everything's going. Yeah, for sure. People got other interests. They're not, you know, whatever. They're just not as interested in the hockey or the Pats or for whatever reason, but yeah. So, but it is what it is. That's kind of our, a little rant, I guess, for the <laughs> night. But a little, a little off topic, but it was, it, it was, yeah. it's worth it, worth talking about. Yeah. So, because I, I, I hope if if Brad doesn't stick around, hopefully they do find someone to cover the games for Leader Post because the Leader Post at one point in time had like ten people working in the sports department. Yeah, and it was ten and good guys that moved on and are still like well known. It's not like they just had yeah. some ten random guys. Yeah, exactly. Right, and. And uh, what was it? Greg Jordan tweeted out that the Leader Post Sports Department was dead. Like there was actually yeah. nobody in the sports department. There and isn't. I totally believe it. When Murray left, yeah, there's zero. There was nobody. It was just Rob and Murray, and they left within a couple days of each other. Like that's yeah. Someone said six days apart. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what do you What do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Like I said, the especially the print media. It's it's you know it's it is dying. Like you. There's nothing else to say about it, right? Well, when, when the deadline is so early the, the previous day, you can't even do game stories or anything anymore that are so. relevant for the newspaper, right? It's all it's yeah, all exactly. online. You print it, you you do it for online. You're not doing it for the print paper anymore. And a lot of the and a lot of the stories they do on players or like things that are happening that go in the print paper, they post online like the day before or the morning of, and people will read it there instead. So it's like. Exactly. Doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. It's it's not my business. No. I mean, you got to get it online. You might as well get it on when you can. And then exactly. it goes in the paper whenever it goes in the paper, right? Yeah. If it's not relevant, you know, it's not time sensitive, it doesn't really matter when it goes in the paper per se, right? It can go a day or two later. Like a, one of those, you know, story stories, right? Like a, a player story or such like that. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's enough for this week with interviews and stuff. Isn't that kind of a longer one again? Trying to keep them shorter, but, you know, we're bringing the well, interviews. When you, when you have three games yeah, and a few things to talk about, uh, it, it gets a little longer. Well, yeah, whatever. so we appreciate your listenership. If you're still with us, a few of you that, that listen to the whole thing, appreciate it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, maybe some of the some of these interviews didn't come out online yet. So if you didn't see it, you know, say Friday nights, if you're looking for Friday night's interviews, there's – there's some here that you caught, so hopefully you're happy about that. And yeah, we'll we'll keep bringing you the interviews every week, like usual. So, but I think with that, that's all I got. That's all you got. I think I'm good. All right. Well, one game this week at home. So see you at the rink on Wednesday. Good night, folks. Have a good one. Winnipeg gains the line, bends it in the slot, shoots, good block by Howe, back down the ice, here comes Bernard to put this one away, partial breakaway, SCORE!